All right, I'm Adam Rappaport, and this is the Bon Appetit Foodcast. This week, uh, we have on two guests who I've been trying to have on for like literally two years now. Jody Williams and Rita Sodi. Uh, they are the chef owners of Via Carota, Bouvette, and Isodi here in New York City, uh, as well as the forthcoming Bar Pisalino. For those of you who don't live in New York, uh, who have never been to any of Jody or Rita's restaurants, though for what it's worth, uh, there's also a Bouvette in Paris and one in Tokyo. Let me just explain a bit. A, first of all, they're partners in both life and business. Um, and Jody and Rita have kind of they've mastered the art of the perfect neighborhood restaurant. Ones that feel both homey and cozy with perfectly executed food. It's just a, a wonderful experience. And every time you go, you're like, I'm going to come back. And that's exactly what you do. This week, um, I talked to both of them uh, about how they do what they do so well every single time. All right, let's do this. Here are Jody and Rita. You had coffee, coffee with yeah. 13 grams of sugar and... No, no, 22. 22 grams of sugar. Yeah. No, no, 19. 19. This morning, 19. 19. And 300 okay. grams of uh, coffee. What what kind of coffee? Uh, supreme French roast, supreme something. Mel, uh, Melnotti. Are you, like an espresso machine or like oh, a no, 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 no. It's a uh, French press. French press. Yeah. Freshly ground and weighed each morning? Uh, not really. Stay in the fridge. <laughs> but when do you weigh it? Oh, oh no, I don't weigh the, the coffee, the ground coffee. I weigh the cof- made coffee already. I make my cup with, uh, I, I want to be sure that is the, there is perfect sugar for the amount of coffee. Then I put in my, in my so I, I weigh the sugar and, <laughs> and after I weigh the Wait, coffee. remember we talked about don't hit the table? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I thought Rita would not be the one who hits the table. Oh, no, I, I'm Italian. I'm talking with my hand. Oh, there you yeah, go. That's yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> You measure the coffee. I measure the coffee. And you weigh the sugar. And I weigh the sugar. And we no, use, I weigh and the And we I use McNulty's, but you got tons of samples on the counter stacked yeah. up to try. <laughs> yeah. By the way, feel free to okay. taste through them. So, guys, we are actually recording right now, okay. just oh, to okay. let you know. <laughs> so, you you are you guys are um, partners, both business-wise and in a relationship. So, you're at home doing this, or are you at... No, not, no, no. You're the one in the restaurant. Yeah, you're at yeah, home. I'm home. All right. So you guys have uh, all right, three restaurants in New York. You're <laughs> about to open the fourth. So, right. Pisalino. Bar Pisalino. Bar Pisalino. Via Carota, you could literally throw a dinner roll and probably hit Bouvette. And then you have uh, Isodi, which is two minutes away on Bleecker Street. Yeah, I would say Less one, than two one, minutes. one, one, <laughs> one, one enough. Depends how fast yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. And then you and the live line. five minutes from there. Uh, two minutes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we live two, two blocks yeah. away from all the restaurants. Okay, so doesn't this drive you insane? Like, you, you guys, you, you live together, you work together, your restaurants are basically on top of each other, your house is right next to that. Like, that would drive me crazy, but th- you guys seem pretty chill every time I see you. Um, yeah, I think uh, I would miss Jody if I didn't see you every five minutes. Aww. Wow. <laughs> Jody, you're <laughs> supposed to say, I would miss Rita. <laughs> She's like, pause, dot, dot, dot. No, no, that's that's very sweet. I mean, it's a really unique uh, situation. One, we're married. We're both chefs. We work together and live together and building restaurants, building, doing this life. So it goes, it, it goes for the most part really well. But when you need your space, when you yeah. need some Jody time, what do you do? Oh, well, I'm, uh, I, you know, 
I'm usually traveling uh, to Bouvet, Paris, or Tokyo, or working there. I mean, and Rita has Isodi. I mean, she's line cooks there, so we're both go our way, do our things, and then. Oh, that's interesting. So even though regroup. you're in business together, mm-hmm. you're you will probably day to day are spending a lot of your days not together, kind of working. Is that correct? Is that uh, fair to say? No. What do you think, Rita? We we we. We plan the morning, we plan the calendar, we work through things. Right now we're in construction on a new project, so a lot of details we'll be working out together. And then we're sort of like, okay, there's an emergency, she goes that way, I'll go handle that one, (laughs) regroup. We're pretty much in contact and working on things. But I don't cook any soda, that's Rita's world, so there are moments when we're also working apart, but supportive. You know, there's been emergencies where she's handled everything and I've been away or... All right, so I want to get started. So Isodi has been around for over 10 years now. Bouvet opened? I don't know, eight, seven? Yes, <laughs> you do. No, I have to figure it out. Eight, eight years ago. Eight years ago? Yeah. Thank okay. you, Rita. Thanks. And then you had this child together via Kuroda, which we'll get to in a minute. But first you met Rita at Isodi because you were curious about the restaurant. You had dinner there, but did you, had you, did you even know who this Rita person was? Or did you, let's be honest, did you go there because you wanted to meet her or did you just go there for dinner? Well, there were one group of my friends were saying, you've got to meet this person. Have oh. you met this person? And I'm, this is going on for months. I'm like, yes, no, I, yeah, I will. What, you know, whatever. It's so, and then from another. Why were they saying that, do you think? Because there was a hot chef over there cooking and I should go check it out. But you should meet her professionally or you should meet her, oh, you would like her. You would like, like her. So one style. group of friends is like, you should go over there and see and meet this. Rita's you know, see what's going on. Right now. And then from uh, another group of friends and, uh, you know, colleagues, you should go eat there. This is really good. And I didn't put them together. Oh. And, um, you know, so I'm not really paying attention to people telling me, go meet, yeah, oh, right, busy whatever. Gal, yeah. And then, uh, but I was curious to go find this restaurant and find time to go by. And I'd walk by and it'd be closed. Or Also because she was thinking I was copying her. No, menu. I didn't think yeah. she, she thought that was, you yeah, were on her, her trail. Yeah, yeah. Why would she think that? I don't know. Maybe you do know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Rita, Rita's being funny. We cook very similar we cook the same, a lot of the same dishes. We do that very traditional kind of, uh, you know, raw artichoke salad with Parmesan. So when I do it, it's raw artichoke salad with Parmesan and just, uh, and then she does it. And I'm so, so we're both doing the same thing. So in that way, it was like very curious to, so I finally got to Isodi and I sat down there and but, I So I wait, but then dinner. this was before Bouvet opened? This was before Bouvet opened. Were you at Mirandi? Yeah, or? I was at Mirandi. Okay, I was the yeah. chef at Mirandi. Yeah, so you were doing Italian food also. And right. You're like, wait, this is my turf. I, I'm the, I'm I'm the West doing Italian, Italian food. chef. You right. worked at Giorgioni and all these other places. Yeah. This is This is what I do. Who's this? Rita person coming in here making raw artichoke salad. Right. Like me. Yeah, like you. I mean, and but beautiful menu, nine things on it, exquisite restaurant. I was like, wow, this was great. So and you're, and always you're something at the bar for me by to... yourself or did you bring a friend? Um, I think um, don't I... Don't act like you don't remember. No, you know, and I have to be sure, you know, I, I came with friends mm-hmm. and then I said, I got this. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> I made sure my friends didn't come to dinner with me anymore so right. I could meet Rita. <laughs> so, Rita, when you met Jody, were you like, who's this Jody person? Or you're like, oh, that's the Jody I've been hearing about. Oh, oh she no. had been eating in my restaurants, too. Yeah, but oh. I, didn't, I, didn't know, I didn't know her. I didn't know anything. I thought, you know, I don't know the chef. And at that time, I, I knew very little about 
restaurant in New York and everything. I just, you know, I've just arrived. I just opened this place and uh, I was, you know, trying to figure out how to run this place. So, but that's what, see, that's what I'm trying to figure out because Jody here had been kind of a fixture of sort in the Italian restaurant scene in New York City, especially downtown of these Mm -hmm. places. Giorgione yeah. and Morandi, Gusto, Gusto, Gusto. Yeah, I think Gusto. Yeah, I was yeah. paying my rent. Yeah, <laughs> you show up from Italy. You're, I, I don't mean this in a demeaning way, but you weren't even a chef. You no. were someone who worked in like fashion for a while. You grew up in Tuscany, yeah. and like, so all of a sudden, you, 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 where do you get off thinking you can come to New York City and open a restaurant? I, and, I, I don't know. You know. So what was that first year like when you opened Di Sodi? Oh, do you my. think the restaurant was good? It was hard, but I, I didn't give up. What do you think was, why do you think it succeeded, Jody? One, because she is a natural talent at cooking. I mean, really, um, self-trained, coming with all the culture and, you know, growing up there. She's very good at the job, cooking and learning, and she knows what she wants to do. And she, and she knows she knows the ingredients. She, she knows it. So... And uh, she never, and she never gave up. You know, <laughs> there were moments where she wanted to. You know, one day at Bouvet, she was outside on the sidewalk, and uh, Jody, uh, Rita's really upset. Go see what. Okay, so I run out there to see what happened, and I can't do this anymore. And I don't want to do this. This is impossible. I can't do this. So calm down, calm down. We go to my apartment, and it's around the corner, and uh, sit down. What's up? What's up? And I'm looking. I have this white couch. She's sitting on the white couch. And I'm looking, and I see, like, little lines of um, dark. It looks like chocolate on her ankles and on the back of her neck. And I look at the couch, and it's got this outline in chocolate of Rita Sodi. She fell down the stairs and poured chocolate cake over her head. (laughs) (laughs) So you have to go through all these trial and errors. You know, you cut yourself. You get stitches. You know, you have nights where no one's there at dinner. You have nights where people are lined up for dinner. And you find your way through it. And if you love, if you love it, she loves it. She gets it and gets better and better at it. I'm really proud of her. And the first day I ate there, I saw it all, and it was it was exquisite. Before we get to Via Corota, which you guys opened jointly, so mm-hmm. you had Bouvet, Rita had Isodi. I find those restaurants there. Again, there are similarities in terms of the type of food, maybe, and sort of. I, I know that word "simple" is overused, but I find those restaurants so different in other ways. Like, I go to Isodi. First, I think what a lot of New Yorkers, I always try to explain, I'm like, oh, it's like an Italian-Italian restaurant. You know, it's not Italian-American. It's like the kind of the restaurant that you would get in Italy. How do you explain it to people, to Americans? A Italian restaurant. The Italian restaurant. It's an Italian restaurant. It's, uh, it's just Italian. There is no American-Italian. It's just Italian. Actually, it's a Toscan restaurant. It's very precise. You go in there from the waiters, both the men and women have their like nice blue Oxford shirts with the button down collars and the striped rep ties tucked into the shirt and they've got the white aprons. It seems like a, I always feel like I need to behave when I'm in there. Like there's a certain order to, to East Odi that there is not to Bouvet. Yeah, because you're, you're having dinner in my dining room. <laughs> I know. I get so a little intimidated like, if yeah, I see you. Yeah, it's like you come in my house. And I worry I'm going to talk too loud, and Rita's going to tell come over and shush me or something, maybe. Yeah, well, you know, if you're very loud, I will come up and say something anyway. If I'm there, <laughs> is that a fair assessment? Am I being fair, Jody? No, you've you've got it. I even feel that way. 
what you know I love going in there in the afternoon when you know it's only open for dinner but the whole the whole restaurant will smell like ragu or whatever she's making to go to carne or and it, it's really peaceful and it feel and they make everything that day for that night and that's how it was when I worked in Italy so but I think this is her personality we have so many similarities but we're completely different characters oh and god. different personalities oh my god is right yeah sometimes you yeah. cannot be more different than we are <laughs> So, and, and I am, I would just say that I probably have spent more money at your three restaurants than any restaurant group in, in New York City, I imagine. Thank you so <laughs> much. Or at least the last five or that. 10 years. But so with Bouvet, like Bouvet, on the other hand, whereas there is a an orderly but stylish character to Isodi, Bouvet strikes me as a much more whimsical there's a, almost a set design quality mm. to Bouvet. Like every single little detail and layer is, it feels like it's been sourced and gotten at this vintage place. And it, there's, it, there's, it felt like the midday it opened, it had been there for 40 years. Well, that, you know, I, I think that's because uh, it's, it's Bouvet's small and a lot goes on in there, right? It's, it's not a restaurant. It's, it's a bar with food, you know, and that was but the intention. But Isodi's small, but it's, it's very, it's a, it's relatively it's, spare compared to right, Bouvet. Right. Well, and it, yeah, it's very sparse. It's very minimalist, and I think that, you know, that's the Rita's personality aesthetic. But a lot goes on at Bouvet. Mike Bouvet is open like eighteen hours a day, from you know seven a.m. to two a.m. So. Everything you see in there somehow functions. It provides a function, is used. Will be, you know, the samovar gets put away later on, then it comes out for van brulee, so it sits up there and looks cute. Or, you know, those are terrines are stacked there, and then we pull them down and we make, you know, you know, 50 pounds of terrine. So it's made to sort of function, all that stuff in there. Breakfast is very popular there, and whenever you're in there, the people behind the barn, they're never not hustling. They are constantly in in motion making your breakfast and serving and pouring and it's like it's bustling it really is it feels like it's always bustling it's busy and uh the design everything's used every space so if i'm there and you know i started i started cooking on an electric stove from like pc richards and i couldn't afford like nice hollowware or hotel silver i mean when i found out like 200 dollars for a teapot i had to go out and get vintage stuff so i was and I had a lot of junk in my house, too, you know. <laughs> so I just used what I had and went out and found what I could afford to start with. And that's the origin of it. And people appreciate it. And, you know, they dug it. So And it was working. <laughs> but So that was the first restaurant that you opened. Mm-hmm. So what did you – and obviously things – I don't know exactly what happened with at your stay at Mirandi. You were there not – how long were you there for? I don't know, a year and a half. Yeah, so year, not that long. Maybe a lot, not long. So obviously – We'll just leave that it is. But what did you, did you take anything away working for a Keith McNally restaurant in terms of when you opened your own restaurant? Sort of um, admire how he makes a big restaurant, runs a big restaurant, and makes it work. It was my first experience with dealing with big volume. And I went there to learn how to do 400, 500 covers. Wow. And, uh, and you said, I'm going to go open a 12-seat restaurant instead? Well, <laughs> I, you know, that's what I could afford to do. I mean, yeah. Rita and I, we we do everything ourselves you know we're not a big group so that's where I started and then soon as and and she started small then we opened up Via Corota which is much bigger so yeah I learned a a lot about operations from him design wise I think most things for me came through living in Europe you know just being at 
Piazza San Marcos where the waiters come out with the tray and you're, yeah. you get those spremuta de arancha and a glass of ice on the side or you're in Piazza di Popolo and you're at the Vineria. So all these experience of working in Italy just, you know, like a sponge somehow they come out and you but you but you were smart enough to take note and you observed all those little things of the glassware and the little coasters and the trays and the little knives and forks yeah. and the little plates and all those things that again you feel like oh that's just there because it's there but obviously everything is thought of oh, no i i love restaurants i love i love and hate restaurants actually but um i'm so interested about sitting down eating and cooking and and so it just you know, it comes to you, right? Sort of like what's Diana Vierland say, the I must travel, best thing to do if you're a chef. Whose idea was the making the scrambled eggs with the espresso steamed milk wand? Oh, I think I figured that one out. Well, how did you, where, where did that come from? Because I, when I opened Bouvet, I had, it was this idea, a bar with food. And having worked in Italy, I, I was there like six years. I saw a lot of bars in Venice, Cicchetti, even mom and pop, rope your sleeve and doing it, right? Here, I'll pour your wine. So I was inspired, and I knew that system, and I knew restaurant systems. So um, when I was behind the bar, I needed to make a menu, and I'm a chef. I want to make, you know, oxtail ragu, but I don't have the equipment. So I'd make it on my little stove, put it on a piece of toast, and steam. I could steam soups. I could steam eggs. What can I use? What can I steam there? Panini press. What can I put in the panini yeah. press? What can you put in a waffle iron? So I was using all this tabletop equipment, whatever I had to put a menu together. And with the, the vision of making something to go with a glass of wine, making something to go with a cup of coffee and capture that function in a European feel that uh, I really dug, you know, yeah. living in Europe. Rito, what do you like most? What do you enjoy most about when you go to Bouvet, and what drives you crazy? Enjoy ev more or less everything. Like uh, you know, enjoy the food, enjoy the way. I I I think it's genius in the way she ran Bouvet and how she put everything together. And I think it's 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 incredible and it's functional. It's 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 not heavy like a big kitchen. It's light and it's it's fantastic. Um, drive me crazy, uh, squeezing. <laughs> Every time you know, like a squeezing, it's it's drive me a little bit crazy. But um, you You're know, I say, think you say excuse me a lot when you go to Bouvet. You're always kind of squeezing by someone or bumping into someone. Well, the key is to go there with somebody you want to squeeze in. With. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> right. true too. But right. normally I go by myself. You're never with me when I'm in Bouvet. So. No, that's right. And if I'm with you, I'm looking. I gotta yeah, get up so and go do something. I, I'm, I'm always you know. like, you know. Sure. So if if we go together, we. She leave me there, and she go somewhere else. So. <laughs> All right. So, you decide in Via Carota opened two thousand fourteen. Is that correct? Mm, yeah, Maybe? I think two thousand fourteen. Uh, I don't know. Was about it, a block right? or so. Maybe I was opening on Paris, and I s and you went over and signed the lease. So yeah, but open after two years. Two thousand fourteen. So. Yeah. No, because it's five years. It's in two thousand nineteen right now. Oh yeah. Okay. Two two thousand fourteen. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you decide to open a restaurant together. You obviously have a lot of similarities and a lot of shared passions, but you also have differences in terms of how you run a restaurant, how you build out a restaurant. How did you get on the same page in terms of opening a place together, in terms of being orderly and minimal and spare like Isodi, or more bustling and tight and a lot of tchotchkes and stuff like Bouvet? 
Well, I think, you know, and you should answer this. It, we knew that the restaurant we would do together would be an homage to Rita's home in Via Carota. Yeah. Via Carota is a street named after an architect that, you know, translate Carrot Street. If, if Jody was living with me in Via Carota in Italy, that would be how it looks like uh, Via Carota now in Grove Street. So that there was a pretty clear like that's like the mission, and we're gonna, we're both right. we both agree on right. that. So, yeah. like a lot of every, most things we do, we want to create a place and a menu that we're missing, and we want to create an experience that we're missing. And so via, we were missing, you know, that was a beautiful place. P- probably three times as big as either of the other restaurants in terms of seats. Yeah, three times. Yeah, two times, two, two times, two, 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 two and a half. Two and a half. No, no, pro- two, two. Okay. We jumped at it. We were very, um, the challenge, we were really excited about the challenge to let's do it. And we knew what the sort of the idea, the vision was. And we knew that what, I mean, you drive up to uh, the, her place on a via, her place sounds like an apartment. It was like a villa on Via Carota. Pheasants fly over the road, over your car every time. Rabbits run alongside the road olive trees, lemon bushes or trees and, you know, hedges, and it's gorgeous. Uh, a frantoyo on the property. So it was a magic place. So how, do you, how, do you, how did you bring that back to New York? And what was Rita coming from there and growing up there? What was the thing that you felt needed to be the essence of the restaurant in order to transport the diner in that sense? Color. All, Color. Uh, yeah, all the, the wood and, and, uh, and, and the... Yeah, it's the nature and uh, the season and uh, life and, you know, l- atmosphere, uh, feeling, uh, you know, quiet, but at the same time, not really quiet. Well, for example, there's uh, when you it's it's you say color, which is um, what you're not a lot. But there's not a lot of paint well, in no, the way that no, like, you yeah, go no, to no, River no, Cafe no. in well, London. Well, that's, ex- and you have that's a exactly it. Oven. What she means when she says color, she's actually saying the lack of color. Like we don't go through a branding process where we pick colors and this or that. We don't use color. Everything's wood or natural or marble or stone or glass. And the color are the foods and the wine that come in seasonally. And so important at Via Carota, and it's a very conscientious choice, that the colors are pumpkins or they're apples from Westwood Farms. Or, you know, the, that will be the color of it. But there's a choice yeah, it that It has the no same color. palette than Via Carota, original Via Carota. And, and that's what the... yeah. What was it while you were doing opening the restaurant up through the opening? What was the hardest thing to get right, Rita? Do you think like no, it doesn't really feel right? Or like when did you know that? Oh, okay, now we got it. No, we have the the, the elements to start that like uh, you know like uh, all uh, the the piece of furniture that is coming from the house and the. And the, the chair, they're, they're, they were the same. Whose idea was a chair to have, like, the little slot in the back where you put the They were the, the chair I had in the house in, in Via Carota. Really? Yeah. So, yeah that's Literally a, that chair? Yes. Yeah, yeah. They, I had no, not how uh, many we have now, were, but uh, that's what the, the one around the table uh, on Via Carota, the region right. of Via Carota. They're, in, they're English chapel chairs. That's why that uh, pocket, that's where a hymnal would go. Okay. And they're from schools. So, so she did had, you have them made or did you have five? Oh, no, or, no. Oh, no. She she had the she had um, eight in uh, around the table, yeah. which are in our apartment, on, you know, in the village. Yeah, the original chairs we have at home, but um, we sourced 
85, you know, antique chairs out of London. I think they came from All Saints School or someplace. But yeah. how? Who found them? How? We, we researched well, everything. I mean, yeah. it's like... It, I remember we wanted it. the phone and this woman, oh. she was cooking. I don't know. She was like, wait a second, come back and everything. Anyway, we got the chair from, from, from yeah. England. It's unbelievable. That we yeah. think, how can we get this? How do we do this? I mean, and with Bar Pizzolino right now, crazy. When we go through this process of setting up so we found 85 Chair. chapel chairs yeah beechwood chapel chairs that each one had to be sanded and cared for and waxed oh my god so <laughs> and unloaded from a truck because <laughs> it, it feels like yeah everything in there from the chairs to the wood floor to the brick walls like the pewter or the sort of patinated silver there is an there's an age to it there's a natural sort of i guess synergy between all these elements um, I feel though, restaurants also have a sort of a maturation process, and there is a, as you guys obviously know, a very notable piece in New Yorker recently about how Via Croda has sort of become like the perfect New York City restaurant. Ouch. Um, yes, um, <laughs> but I don't. It Via Croda to me feels like a different restaurant now than that like first month or so to it, it opened. It, it feels like it has grown into itself, and I'm just I can't really put on my finger on how or why that happened. Do you guys have insight into that? Oh, for me, it takes a long time for, I mean, for a restaurant to settle down and have confidence in the food, and you you go through staff changing and changes, and you have swells of customers and and you you settle on your sourcing i mean so it took it took us it takes us a long time to really grow into our restaurants i think more so than other people to say and it's it's difficult to have all the new crew and the new crew has to understand what you want to do there how you want them to do things to deal with the customer and everything so it was very very difficult Make sure that everybody understand and teach. And now it's you know it's it's people that are with us for four years already. So they are like our guide and and the new people they stay with them and they learn and everything. So it's it's much more house home mm-hmm. for everybody now. So cool. you go there, it's, you feel like uh, you've been there forever. Was so there a there. moment or an event where you said to yourself like, oh, okay, now we got it. Like now it's the way it's supposed to be. You, you know, the we need a certain amount of time from the day you open the door for us, I think, to to get confidence and to, and to say, okay, that's that's working. That I feel good. I like that. Whether it's a plate hanging on the wall, step back, does that look right? How does that make me feel? Or it's the, the spitzerina, the hand-chopped steak. I mean, uh, will people get it? Will they like it? You know, do they like us? Do they, are they eating it? Are they, uh, you know, are they, can, do can they we, want to come back? Can it's, we can we talk about that dish? Yeah, that is a, that's a it's a much written about dish, and I think deservedly so. Uh, it's kind of like, I guess, an Italian hamburger. Obviously, kind of the. It's funny because when people talk about the best burgers in New York, that isn't mentioned because I don't think they think of it as a burger, but it should be mentioned. So, what is what was the development of that dish? Well, I think oh. it should be mentioned in a steak category. Because it's hand chopped steak, yeah. like the French call it. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, haché flambé, right? Mm. No. But yeah. this is America. Yeah. Okay. We call yeah. them hamburgers. Okay, hamburgers. Okay, <laughs> but it's chopped steak, right? And then and you sound like an A one commercial. Am I A one? What's A one? You know, like what? Is, it's chopped ham. No, it's chopped steak. A one steak sauce. Th- oh. That was a commercial back oh. in the seventies. You're thought, old enough th- to remember that. No, I Jenny. thought A one. I was thinking car rental no, service. A one. <laughs> <Wait, A1. laughs> 
Rita's, what is your the development of that recipe? What was your memory of oh, it? Oh, no, this uh, is this is off of Rita's we, table. We were talking Her mother about, made this. about uh, meat and everything, and one day I say, oh. Uh, I used to li- uh, love uh, Svizzerina, and Jody looked at me like, what are you, what are you talking about? So I had to explain all the, the stuff of this Svizzerina and everything that I, we don't know why it's called Svizzerina, nobody knows. Uh, and now, really, young people, they don't even know, but if you Google, something's mm-hmm. coming up. And so that was a thing that your mother wanted to do for you when... Uh, uh, your child and uh, you really didn't want to eat meat and uh, so she would say, oh I'm gonna make a Svizzerina. What, cu- what cut of beef do you use? Oh this is New York strip. New York strip so it's, right. a, it's a literally it's a New York strip that's hand chopped and the fat the big round of fat on mm-hmm. it chop it and I put it back in the steak. All right and then you sear it? It has to be seared. On what? Uh, we use a flat uh, flat top. Okay. Uh, you know um, we sear it on a flat top and it has to stay very rare inside. Yeah, so both sides get nice and kind of crispy. Even, even, and then nice and rare inside, and then uh, olive oil, nice crust of salt and pepper. Mm. So it's like steak tartare in the middle. And there's and some garlic going, like clo- garlic, whole cloves? Garlic confit and some crisp fried rosemary. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. You know, mm. but this is, uh, the the menu is Rita Sodi and her childhood and the dishes I ate when I was there with her. I part, some of them, some is joy. My favorite, the fried rabbit with the fried bread. Yeah. I love that. And my favorite is the, the uh, green salad. Can we talk about the green bacon. salad? Because okay. yeah. we were that's literally in the offices of Bon Appetit. That is an often referenced uh, dish. Like, you know, like the green salad at, at Via Crota. Because if you're dining there, you see it going by. And you're like, what is that towering? It's like a salad green beehive hairdo that's just mm-hmm. like how can it be that much greens on one plate and so it's like a excess of of greenage where where did that dish come from and what was the philosophy behind that one well that's it's a jody dish well yeah. you know the quest for the ultimate green salad i mean the Switzerina is like for me the ultimate chopped steak so i mean via carota we want it we eat there once a day, twice a day. And we have customers who eat there two or three times a week. And that's the kind of menu we were striving for, that you had the freedom that uh, you could pick and choose, right? There's no sides. There's no contourney. You can have vegetables. You do what you want. It's a fun or recipe, fun menu to order from because it is very mix and match. You can get mm-hmm. a bunch of sort of vegetable sides, but all the side, all the little contourney aren't vegetable only. So you mm-hmm. can have like the, the beans with the sausage in there. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you want to get a little mozzarella and prosciutto, or maybe you want a pasta. You can mm-hmm. sort of design your own meal. It's right. not appetizer, entree, dessert. Because haven't you ever been to a restaurant when you read the menu and all you want to do is eat their yeah. sides? Yes. And you don't want to go through that that time. tilapia. Yeah. Or, is that what it's tilapia. called? Tilapia. <laughs> <laughs> tilapia or that, uh, you know, uh, hanger steak. Yeah. Just give me all your sides. So, <laughs> you know, my love, hate relationship with restaurants but back to the green salad the most perfect green salad there could be you know channeling a little bit of alice waters and uh, that's it and the the vinaigrette well you know. don't you make it sound so simple like that's it so all right a what greens one they have to be green so there's no radicchio and you got to get what you you got to get what you get you know so right now there's some beautiful watercress we had endive and uh we'll go through uh you know, a lot of bib lettuce, uh, little gem lettuce. So those are the uh, two. Like that, yeah. that's like the. And it's got to be the heart. Uh, you know, it can't. You know, we're crazy about cleaning 
uh, get all those salad. flimsy no outer, outer frise, yeah. so you get to you know so we have our we have our mix and so that changes now and then and we have our vinaigrette what's and, a vinaigrette uh, it's a shallot thyme vinaigrette with aged sherry vinegar mm. but there's you know we handle we both Rita and I in our palate we handle acid in a very um, unique way meaning meaning we literally water it down oh. because if you put vinegar in your mouth, you're going to wince. And things that go in your mouth, we don't want you to wince. So no. we always add a little bit of water to lemon juice or to vinegar to, you, you so are, that it's... Yeah, you have to be able always to taste the food, not just the, the yeah, yeah. vinegar. Yeah, it just makes it more palatable. So then how do you, which is always a challenge, I think, for a lot of home cooks, where some of us get it wrong, is how you then toss the greens without beating up the greens or overdressing or underdressing. Hmm. What do you do? Well, let's see. So we're using really nice leafy. We're not chopping yeah. the salad. These nope. are beautiful picked leaves, hearts, crunchy parts. So a big bowl, a big bowl, big, big bowl. Don't get a small bowl. No. And, uh, so you need a biggest, bigger bowl than you think. And then just sprinkle it over, spoon it over. Do you salt the greens first? Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Twice, mm. sometimes. I probably. I never no, do anything we, we, we twice yeah, the same. Yeah, Rita does, does it. Yeah, what do you do? Time. No, we do don't. Sal- we don't. We don't. You salt it at the end. Yeah, at the end. We yeah. salt it in the end, and we don't use pepper on our green salad. Yeah. We don't put pepper in our. There's no pepper in it at all. No. Okay, so then before we get to the lightning round question, guys, um, Bar Pisolino, which is. Mm also <laughs> across the street right there on Grove also. Right. The concept of that Italian wine bar, is it that simple or what are we missing? Oh, oh, so yeah. The Italian bar. The it's Italian, Italian oh, not Italian you know, wine bar, but Italian bar. Italian bar. bar. No, this, yeah. is, this is about the arte del bere. De bere. The art of drinking everything that's Italian. All right, I see, I'm, I, I, I'm going to break it to you. The Italians don't know how to drink. They will have like one drink and then like eight little snack plates and they'll nurse that one drink for like an hour and a half while they eat the free potato chips and olives and everything else. What a better way to drink. The salatini. You need to make money though. You need to sell drinks. Well, we're going to sell drinks. Yeah, no, I mean, but this is the thing. The the idea is that, again, we want to create that kind of place that we're missing where you stand up. It's Al Banco. You stand at the bar. Coat, you leave your coat on or you, if you could hang your coat up and you you have your morning espresso i mean you think of all the beautiful things that italian culture offers to drink the whole world of espressos what i the love the whole about, world of aperitif like going to long Mil- cocktails I love that wines. going to milan where i used to go to for work a lot is that you go to the espresso bars a yeah everyone's standing marchese b there are no paper cups like if you order an espresso you get a proper mm-hmm. cup and they put it out in front of you and you throw it back and you say thank you and you put your money down and that's that like love it yeah love it and, and there's and, and all the i'm sure like with Bouvet, all the little the glasses are correct the sizes are correct yeah. and there's no sizes it's a cappuccino there's not a large or small cappuccino <laughs> so so and the interaction is great so that's what uh, Bar Pizzolino is, uh, we're setting off to do. So day, morning, it'll be sort of coffee, cafe. Yeah. Evening, it'll segue into cocktails and snacks. Right. And, yeah. uh, you know, it'll be part of, the, part of the neighborhood. You drop in. You can have a little trim at Cino, Yeah. Along with uh, Budino. Budino. Rita Lisa gets to morning. make all her. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a classic. You know, okay. bar My concern yeah. with this Pizzolino place as a neighborhood guy I'm worried, like, oh, my God, like, the day it opens, it's going to be so crowded, and I won't be able to, like, get get up to the bar. How do you sort of maintain that? Because in in Milan or somewhere else in Italy, 
these types of places are more common and you kind of come, you go. In New York, when something like this opens, everyone writes about it. Everyone has to be there. Mm. Do you sort of, you just sort of Mm. survive that initial crush and then like go back to business as Mm, usual? I don't think people pay that much attention. Are you crazy? Have you heard of the internet? No, I mean, yeah. No, No, (laughs) Rita's like generally like, I've never been on a computer before. We're we're on the phone. (laughs) We're on the, we're on the line all the time. Yeah, yeah, but but not for, I I don't, you know what, we're, we don't think that. I mean, we'll keep it controlled for a while. We need we need a lot of time to figure it out, to tell yeah. you the truth, to get it just right. I'm not going to come for at least the first month. Well, you, the first month you're going to want to come because we're going to keep it closed just for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> just <laughs> you, you're going to come out, get behind the bar and make a Negroni. <laughs> I like that's the easiest drink to make. One one one, right? Huh? One one one. Yeah. All right. So you got piece of the animal happening. You also have bouvets in Tokyo and Paris. Mm-hmm. Feels like this is enough for now. Is there anything else on the horizon we need to know about? Mm. Yeah, are you doing another book? Uh, we're we're doing, doing books. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing books. We're doing books, books, not just like, multiples. <laughs> yeah, Rita Sodi's doing a book. What we do Isodi and we do Via Carota. And Via Carota is oh. going to do a book. And the Isodi book comes out first. Uh, should be. Yeah. Should be. Yeah. Like next year or something. Maybe, maybe. Or like yeah, two years, maybe. Yeah, 2020. I feel like I could just keep on asking you all sorts of questions, but Emma's giving me the little signal. we got to keep this thing moving. So we're going to do our lightning round where we do either or questions. Mm. Okay, you got to answer. You can't pass. You can't say both. Scrambled or fried? Fried. In olive oil or in butter? Olive oil. Sunny side up or over easy? Sunny side up. Scrambled, brulee, wet, butter. When you say brulee, what does that mean in terms of like B R? Is that like the? But is that how's that spelled? It's not like brulee, like creme. It's like B R O U I L L E. Yeah, that like one. a very uh, B R custardy. Yeah, custardy, sort of like done stirred like a risotto. Yeah. How do, when you make that? Which I I always love it. That's how. How do you do it if you're doing it at home? Like what sort of pan and what sort of? Utensil? Oh, I use a I use a little sauté pan, high edge, you know, high edges, and let so that. I got three inches of eggs that I'm stirring. I don't spread them out. I mean, you could do it, but you have to do it really quick. But the idea is you want your eggs medium rare. Yeah. And then what sort of, are you using like a rubber spatula or a wooden spoon or? Um, Probably rubber spatula. Yeah. You know, or a wooden spoon if I'm in a pan, if I'm, you okay. know, if I'm got to do it fast. So I never thought about that. So doing like a higher, so it's deeper instead of wider. So yeah. a little, a little, yeah, a little, little, little yeah, sauce yeah. pot. Yeah, that's Interesting. It. All right. I'm going to try that. And you're throwing butter, little pieces yeah. of butter in it. Little darts. darts I, I butter. don't cook with butter. Oh, mm. God. Rita, you get one, one but not both the rest of your life. Prosciutto or mortadella? Mortadella. How do you like it? Just like piece by piece, or do you like to do the little mortadella sandwiches? Uh, I love mortadella with uh, Toscan bread, fresh mm. Toscan bread. Mm. Then doesn't have uh, salt or everything, so you taste everything can come out from the mortadella, but with bread. You know what's weird about you Italians? You do those little cubes of mortadella in Italy, that's like a, at parties. That yeah. just freaks me out. Like yeah, it's like a yeah, dice, yeah. like a six-sided <laughs> die that's just just a mortadella chunk. There's a mortadella that's made with black truffle. We were in London, mm. and basement of Harrods found it. <laughs> what's your answer? Oh, I go with prosciutto. Nice. I mean, if I'm stuck... And I only have to prosciutto for the rest of my life. The thing about prosciutto, which I've had, it's got to be sliced super thin. That's my opinion, personally. Unless it's done by hand, 
Mm, yeah, no. See, no. no. That's like no, I, I feel you. like that's more like the um, the Spanish ham, like Iberico, where you get those little like chips of like. Sort yeah, of I like that one. That's good, also. Um, Rita, Prada or Gucci? <laughs> I have to choose. Yeah, you have to choose. That's a lightning round. Okay, uh, I would say Prada, uh, nineteen ninety-five. <laughs> <laughs> I would say you, you struck me as you strike me as much more Mucha Prada than than Gucci. Gucci, but but I don't like what they're doing now. So oh my god! Yeah. See, so you, you should talk to my wife. She has a problem with liking it too much. Okay. Uh, the Ale- Alessandro Michele, that's the designer, yeah. correct? Yeah. I, he, I love. See, he, I love his the style old one. is not your style. Yeah, I love the old one, nineteen ninety five, ninety seven. Back in the yeah. day. Yeah. I'm gonna, Are you going to say neither, Jody? <laughs> <or>? <laughs> am I a Prada or Gucci? Yeah. Am I a Prada? <laughs> Well, you know, I'm sort of a Filson. Yeah, I'm about to say, can, you, can I just say Filson? We'll give you Filson. You know, oh, you have a very interesting Gucci shoes. Yes, I have Gucci shoes, right. Yeah. What right. kind? Oh, Gucci loafers. <laughs> Come on. What? Say it. Men's say it. Gucci loafers, black uh, with the uh, the buckle. The horse bit. But um, you have also the other one. <laughs> what are the other ones? <laughs> <laughs> you got to share it now. You can't stop yeah, it. Have I have a pair of Gucci loafers done in linen or canvas, canvas, yeah, with Gucci logo all over f- the Gucci all over it. Do you ever wear them? <laughs> no, I have never worn them. No, <laughs> did I've you buy them for her? No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. They just, I guess, fell out of the closet, but busted. We no. saw, actually, they I'm not. I'm, you know, we were uh, laughing about them the other day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Negroni or Spritz? Negroni. <laughs> Negroni. <laughs> wow, I'm Negro- so, sorry for asking. <laughs> no, no, I like the Spritz. You know, Spritz are great. Nice in the summertime. You could work in Spritz. Yeah, but yeah. For, for lunch. the problem with Negroni, like you can go down a, a, a steep road pretty quickly with those. Yes. Yeah. Oh, this is a tough one. I think it's tough. Cacio e pepe or pasta carbonara? Carbonara. What's the trick to a good carbonara, making it wise? Light. But what does that mean? It, what, yeah, you, you know, like it doesn't have to be uh, heavy. Doesn't has to be have too much sauce. You know. But how does how do, how do as a home cook how do I accomplish that? Uh, don't put too much cream or or the stuff. Just use a, what. You know, minimal. She, she keeps it close to the vest. This yeah, one. she's not. You know. Well, you know what I love uh, is what's uh, the um the the via carota pasta you have with like it's like a creamy pancetta sort of. It's not a carbonara. You don't call it on the oh, menu. Oh, it's but just butter parmesan. Yeah. With a that's the that's the winter deal. What's that one called? It's I a lot of one. nutmeg. Love that one. Uh, tagliatella prosciutto. Yeah. Oh, so good. And the prosciutto is kind of. Do you crisp the prosciutto at all? No, no it's just, just you just it's just sliced. sliced at the last minute and dropped on top and, and the warms. heat of the pasta sh- and oh, should melt God. the fat and it should and the just add is, it together. The yeah, is like no, a it's a trick. Yeah, like, it's a secret. What is that? Yeah. And you're like, oh. But use a lot of nutmeg. So, I mean, three I think, times I think as much used, as you think. I think you use more butter than nutmeg. Yeah, there's butter and cheese, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. that would be family meal for me in Reggio Emilia. It'd be tagliatelle, butter and parmesan. Yeah, that's a, oh, a classic, so you know. Yeah. Get that every time. A week in Paris or a week in Tuscany? Tuscany. Oh my god, I'm so bad. I my mind just splits in two, and I'm figuring out what I get to eat if I'm in either location. 
So someone uh, didn't hesitate. Someone is hesitating. No, you have to. You know to say the right thing. Maybe Those you're not going to go on vacation together. Apparently. Yeah, we will not. <laughs> well, a week in Tuscany would be, you know, beautiful and relaxing any season. And a week in Paris is uh, really a lot of fun. I mean, constant dining, constant out, constant activity. I'm going to go with Paris. Okay, okay so we will be. A couple more quick ones. Uh, marble or wood? I would say wood. Ooh, I'm going with marble because it will last and last, I think, longer than wood. I like how it would age. Okay. We, we actually always disagree. <laughs> I'm getting that. Uh, denim or leather? <laughs> denim. I was a master in denim, so Were you? yeah, I was my my last uh, your previous in yeah, your fashion yeah. life. Mm. Yeah, denim. Nice. I All mean, right. we're lesbians, so it's going to be double <laughs> denim. I'm going to say denim. double denim. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final question. I already know Rita's answer, but um, butter or olive oil? Oh my God, go ahead. Hmm? Oh, butter. Um, and I'm going to eat it on a fo- with a fork out of the, <laughs> no, of the thing. Olive oil. Salted butter. Cultured salted butter. And I love olive oil, too. You know, I love fats. (laughs) All right, guys. We all agree to disagree on this one. Uh, Rita Sodi, Jody Williams, thanks so much. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. The Bon Appetit Foodcast is produced by Carrie Polis and Christina Che and produced and edited by Emma Wurtzman. Our theme music is by Nathaniel Wurtzman. We have new episodes every Wednesday, and if you want to tell us about this or any other episode, email us at bonappetitfoodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.